0: All right, my friends, we are back with another episode. I just got back from our honeymoon in Mexico. The the wedding was fantastic. Mexico was fantastic. The weather was great. Everybody has been asking me, like, (laughs) did everything go smoothly in, in terms of the wedding, in terms of the honeymoon in Mexico and traveling and all of those things? And yes, I don't think we could have asked for anything. To go any better. We only had one hiccup with checking into our resort in Mexico, but that got resolved pretty quickly. So all was good. It was fantastic to just take a week off and be mostly unplugged. And I'm just, I'm ready to get back into the groove of things. I'm excited to be back recording a podcast. I'm currently in the process of moving, So now I normally would be at my desk recording this podcast, but instead I am sitting on my uh, office closet floor because that's where I currently have space and things are packed up. So trying to maneuver like what needs to be packed first and taken over first in the order of like what I'm going to need. And so trying to pack up my office stuff, last. But just getting to that point where trying to keep things organized so I know where stuff is so I can keep this stuff going uh, in this, this crazy, crazy season. But today's episode I'm very excited about is about what to eat and different phases of dieting and how your diet changes to reflect that. I get questions all the time. You know, what is the best diet for fat loss, what should I eat if I'm trying to lose weight, what shouldn't I eat if I'm trying to lose weight, do I need to cut out sugar, you know, things like that. So we're going to kind of dive into what to eat or like the framework that we kind of use with our clients that many people utilize um, in those different phases of dieting and how they actually would change to reflect that phase of dieting. So we're going to break down the phases first and then we're going to talk about, like, how you would maybe manipulate some meals based off of the season or the phase that you're currently in. So let's just dive right in. The first one that I want to talk about is probably the most important and where you should be spending a large majority of your time, and that is maintenance, okay? maintenance is like a buzzword right now. I feel like in the industry, a lot of coaches are talking about it, which is fantastic. I think that is a a great thing and something that we need to highlight because not many people are skilled maintainers. Maintenance is a full-on skill, right? Everybody thinks like dieting, losing the weight, that's the hard part. The hard part is keeping it off for the rest of your life. And I've talked about in past episodes like the characteristics that they have found uh, to be common among those that are able to maintain their weight after weight loss. And we'll probably dive into that in a whole other episode. But it is a skill that needs to be mastered. And preferably, this is something that we master before we lose weight. Because, again, it is a skill. And learning to keep that weight off is a skill. And if we can have that before we lose the weight, it's going to be much easier on the backside of a diet to keep it off. So maintenance is basically where calories in is equivalent to calories out. So the amount of calories that you are eating, you're consuming, you're drinking, they're equivalent to the amount of calories that you are burning on a daily basis. Now, maintenance is a moving target it is a range okay so there's a lot more wiggle room in maintenance than there is in the other phases so i like to tell clients a hundred to 200 calorie window plus or minus whatever their maintenance number is most women their maintenance is going to be well above uh, 1800 calories you know for a guesstimate you can multiply your weight from like 13 to 16 and see how many calories that gives you. Again, that's an estimate. The more sedentary you are, the lower on that that end of the spectrum you will be. The more active you are, the higher that number will be. And it might surprise you how high that number actually is. So in this phase, it's kind of a moving target because you're activity on a day-to-day basis is likely going to change, right? How many calories you are utilizing on a day-to-day basis is likely to change. You know, one day you might have a really quiet day with the family. You don't really do much. You don't work out. You don't go get a walk-in. Maybe your steps are like, you know, 1,500 steps for the day, right? They're pretty, pretty significantly low. Um, And you might not be very hungry, Right, and so that would be a day to really focus on just hitting your protein intake, and not, uh, you know, maybe hitting that higher, higher goal. And then maybe the next day, you know, you're running three kids around to all the places, you hit 15,000 steps, and you got to work out in that morning. Your day is pretty dang active, so you might even go over that maintenance range a little bit. And while we don't want these like highs and lows all of the time, we want some fairly we want some consistency with our nutrition. Uh, it's still still this range that adapts because maintenance is a moving target, right? Your um, the amount of calories that you burn on a day to day basis will change, and no no tracker, no fitness watch is going to give you a an accurate depiction of how many calories you're burning. So, in, in this phase of maintenance, you should be focusing on your performance in the gym, right? You've got adequate energy. You should be crushing your lifts in the gym. Your performance should be improving. You should feel like you have food freedom, like you can enjoy fun foods. Uh, you have that wiggle room. Uh, maybe building some muscle, maybe losing body fat at the same time, a little body recomposition. That's very possible, especially if you are a newer Lifter, uh, you haven't done much resistance training. You can totally take advantage of those newbie gains and be dropping body fat at the same time. So inches uh, can change. Uh, really, overall, we want to see weight maintenance. So not more than like a one percent fluctuation in weight on a week to week basis. Uh, time frame for this is going to be like minimum of twelve weeks, especially if you have a history of chronic dieting, like many of you do, you've spent a lot of time dieting, right, or slashing calories. So spending 12 weeks really building that foundation can be really helpful, and you can really start to cultivate that, that skill of maintenance. Um, and then ultimately, like lifetime, right? That's, that's the ultimate time frame. Eventually, we want to achieve our goals uh, and be able to maintain that for the rest of our life. So the second phase that we're going to dive into, um, this one you could call build or you call bulk. Usually when I call it bulk, women close their ears or they flip me off. They say, screw that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be bulky, right? They don't want to hear about this. If you want to build muscle mass, at some point you will have to enter a bulk and that's where you're eating more calories than you are burning. Now, not everybody is going to have to do this, but ultimately, if you don't have much muscle mass, you have to remember if you want to look toned, you cannot sculpt a pebble. I don't remember who said that. It's not my phrase, uh, just, just to clarify. But somebody said it, and I think it's fantastic, and it's so true. You cannot sculpt a pebble, right? You have to have some kind of muscle mass Uh, underneath because you're only going to reveal what's already there. So if you want to build muscle mass, uh, and, and likely you won't achieve how much you want to achieve in a maintenance phase, you will eventually want to go into a build phase. Uh, for, for reference, like, uh, when we get into timeframe, we'll kind of talk about how, how much is maybe a realistic amount in that, that uh, frame of time, but here you're, you're eating more calories than you're burning, right? You're in a calorie surplus. Uh, you're focusing on building muscle with minimal body fat. So, your performance in the gym should be improving. You should be, like, uh, uh, increasing, you know, your your lifts, uh, training consistently, really trying to maximize that, that amount of muscle mass. Uh, you may even have more room, for, for fun foods, more wiggle room uh, in this time. That doesn't mean like, you know, your diet should just be uh, an excess of calories from, you know, highly processed hyperpalatable foods, but it may make bulking a little bit easier to include some of those things. So, time frame, minimum of three months uh, up to 12 months. Now, for like a female, if you want to gain like five pounds of lean muscle mass, like six months is a realistic time frame. I truly believe that building or bulking is much harder than cutting, uh, especially if you're trying to prioritize, you know, minimally processed foods. In that process, uh, it can be really really challenging. Uh, it can be challenging on your mind as well because you you will be seeing that scale maybe go up a little bit. You might feel your clothes um, fitting a little bit tighter. You know, that is part of a building phase. You are essentially getting, uh, this, this doesn't sound nice, but you're essentially getting bigger, right? Um, and oftentimes, the body that we want is denser, which means it's heavier than we realize it is. And so if you want to have, you know, you want to have a booty, you want to have nice uh, quads, you want to have nice arms, sometimes that means you're not going to fit in an extra small or small anymore, and that is okay. Uh, So don't let that, you know, stop you from, from chasing the body that you're after. So then we have a cut, and this is where you are eating less calories, then you are burning right the goal is to lower body fat now you should see like a weight trend down but it's also normal to experience your inches dropping but the scale not moving now i always like to set realistic expectations with clients you know it's very normal not to see the scale move right off the bat in your first cut phase and at least for the first 7 to 10 days of being in a deficit Usually at that point, like seven to ten days, when the scale isn't moving, that's when I see so many people stop. Not our clients because we set that that expectation uh, and we walk them through it, and um, they they know what to expect going into it. But oftentimes I see people stop because the scale wasn't moving fast enough, um, and they were just getting to that point where it was going to start moving or inches were going to start dropping. Um, measurements should be going down. You want to be tracking things like photos, measurements, the scale, all the things, because they're all going to be a different data point for you to track. Uh, and you might see changes that the scale doesn't reflect, but maybe uh, your your inches or your photos are. So keep that in mind. Um, you want to keep your calorie deficit small. You wanna be able to, you know, maintain your your gym efforts, right? Your performance in the gym. We don't wanna see that drop. We wanna be able to maintain as much muscle mass in this process as possible. So we don't want a severe calorie deficit, and we don't want like the, the hormonal um and, and maybe gut implications that could come from being in a severe calorie deficit. Uh we really like time frame-wise, I have like 12 to 16 weeks. It ultimately depends on the individual. If you don't have a significant amount of weight to lose, um, a shorter time frame would be fine. Some people like to do little sprints where they're in a deficit for like four to eight weeks, take a break, in a deficit four to eight weeks, take a break. Um, If you have a significant amount of weight to lose, you can get away with being in a cut a little bit longer. Um, And if I still would recommend taking diet breaks, throughout that period, you know, a week or two, maybe planning around holidays, vacations, birthdays, whatever. Uh, So you have a little bit more more wiggle room. Um, So how does what you actually eat change? So depending on the season, whether you're bulking, you're cutting, you're at maintenance, how much you eat will change, but oftentimes not like what you specifically eat. So that means, yes, like even when you're dieting, you can still enjoy foods that that you like. Um, you know, there's a difference between like effort and restriction. And I say this a lot because the goal here is not to cut out things like sugar or carbs or whatever, not eating after 6 p.m., right? The goal is not to restrict, um, but limiting calories can be effortful, but it's worth it if you can include the foods that you enjoy into your nutrition. And I promise it doesn't have to be insanely hard. So I want to go over some like really basic food examples, okay? For somebody that's maybe like uh, consuming like a higher carb, lower fat, uh, ratio of meals um, and we're gonna talk about like a cut bulk and maintenance like what the difference between those meals would actually look like um, and I I say higher carb lower fat as the example because that's what a lot of our clients utilize I really see women feeling and performing their best often with slightly higher carbs slightly lower fat uh, does that mean that it is superior to a higher fat lower carb, uh, ratio of macros. No, I do find that higher fat intake can be challenging to to minimize saturated fat intake, and we really want to keep that at around like ten percent of our fat intake. So keep that in mind. We don't want crazy, crazy low fat. I don't like to see women under fifty five grams of fat for long periods of time. Um, so those are that's just some some context for you. So, you're going to have to picture this with me, okay? So, we're going to talk about maintenance first. Let's say you've got your serving of protein, you've got half your plate full of veggies, and then you've got a, a third of your plate, uh, or sorry, a quarter of your plate uh, in some kind of starch or carb, okay? So, you've got rice, you got potatoes, something like that. That would be like your maintenance, okay? That's your baseline. Now, if you were to build, maybe you would add... Like a palm of protein, uh, and maybe you would add a palm of like carbs. Okay, so it's not like a significant amount, but you're increasing those carbs, fats, and a little bit of protein. You know, the veggies probably remain the same about half your plate. Now, if you go into a cut, you're gonna eat the same protein. Okay, that's not gonna change. It's gonna be the same as maintenance, it's gonna be about a quarter of your plate. Okay? And then your, your carbs and your fats, those get a little bit smaller. So you're just a little bit less of, of those potatoes or that rice. Uh, and maybe you're going to double up on veggies. Okay? So when you're in a cut, you really want to prioritize high volume foods. These are foods that are low in calorie, but you get to eat uh, quite a bit of them for for few calories. So some fruits, veggies you know rice cakes things like that that you'll be able to to keep you uh, more satisfied because you can eat more of them so let's think of like an example like a snack okay let's say you're', you're at maintenance it's gonna be like a, a palm of deli meat maybe some some uh pepperoni okay slice of cheese and some chips you know maybe one of those little little bags of, of chips like the 140 calorie packs. Uh, and then in a build phase, you'd increase the amount of maybe pepperoni that you're having, some of that cheese, and, and some of the chips, right? You're going to increase just uh, all the way around the amount of food that you have there. Now, when you're in a cut, maybe you'll have that, that pepperoni, uh, but maybe it'll be turkey pepperoni instead because it'll be slightly lower in fat. Uh, your cheese, maybe you'll opt for some low-fat cheese because it'll be lower in calories. Uh, the chips, Probably could remain the same, but you could also do a lower fat, lower calorie version, or get some crackers that are maybe a little bit lower in calories. And then you're gonna add in some like fruits or veggies, something that's gonna help you stay fuller longer, so you're not experiencing large fluctuations in in your appetite, or you're not feeling hangry half an hour after eating. So depending on the season, your portions and your macros. So your protein, carbs, and fats will change. The types of foods you choose might change as well. So you might choose leaner cuts of meat. You know, you might choose chicken breast instead of chicken thighs. Personally, I don't know that I could make that sacrifice, but you know, leaner cuts of beef, leaner cuts of of the the protein sources that you use. If you use meat based um, protein sources, maybe a lower fat dairy options. So sour cream, cream cheese um milk, maybe you're choosing low-fat or non-fat options. You're you're reaching for whole wheat breads and tortillas, you're gonna get in more fiber, lower calories, maybe corn tortillas. You can eat like twice as many corn tortillas for the same amount of calories. Uh or maybe you're choosing like chickpea pasta instead of regular pasta. These aren't large changes especially like if you know how to cook and make your food taste good. I promise these are not huge changes, but they will impact your total calories, which is necessary. If you're, if you want to diet, right, you want to lose body fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit. So these are just little tweaks that you can make to what you're already doing to put yourself in a deficit. What really matters is you're prioritizing balanced meals and you're incorporating foods that you enjoy. So, making sure you're not having huge fluctuations in blood sugar. You're having, you know, well-balanced, high-protein meals throughout the day. That's going to make a huge difference when you're in a deficit. So, you aren't experiencing wild cravings. You're not hangry. You are feeling satisfied. I have had clients, um, this very rarely happens, so don't take this as like, You should be doing this, but I have had a client at 1400 calories before. Um, very specific scenario. I very, very rarely would ever have somebody at calories that low. But the way that she ate allowed her to not really feel hunger, so like she was hungry for her meals, of course, but she was satisfied and felt full. Uh, and comfortable between meals, so she wasn't hangry. She didn't feel like it required much more effort. It did help that she loved vegetables. I will acknowledge that because I'm not a huge vegetable person myself. It'd probably be a little bit harder for me to to be that low. Um, but she did that successfully for for eight weeks. So it is possible to not be miserable in a fat loss phase or in a deficit. But those are the phases of dieting, and just little tweaks that you would make from phase to phase, uh, they don't have to to, to change. Uh, you don't have to change what you're eating. Uh, you just might have to make some tweaks to the amount or the type. So I promise it doesn't have to be extreme. Uh, it might be a little bit effortful, but if you have your your master list of your foods that you eat, you might just have to make some tweaks to those. And I really, I promise it's that simple. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Share it on social media. Tag me at Ambitious Coaching, uh, and leave a rating and review. If you enjoyed the show, I always love getting your guys' feedback. There's always a link in the show notes where you can submit a question that I can ask or answer <laughs> on the podcast. So feel free to to ask away, and make sure you jump in our free Facebook community, which is always, again, linked in the show notes. Go check it out, go get some free resources, and make sure you get the help in your health and fitness journey that you need.